Okay, welcome to our show. It's the I-95 East Coast Sports Show. I'm Joshua. I'm Aaron. He's with Brutally Honest Sports. And I'm going to tell you this right now, Aaron. I'm not a happy camper right now as an Orioles fan. And it just grabs me as funny that a man such as Kevin Brown, who spouted out facts about 2018, 19, 20, 21, would be suspended for putting out those facts. And to me, this is making the Orioles look awful. It's... But- but it's more ownership than it is the Orioles. It's not the manager. It's not the GM. It's 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 ownership. Yeah, and and what's funny, uh, the one co-host of the fourteen twenty sports uh, podcast, he reached out to me as he said he was kind of pulling for the Orioles, the whole underdog story, this, that, and the third. And then last night he was like, you know, I'm kind of split on if I want to root for the Orioles because of ownership. And I'm like, I understand it. I try and separate the. T- I cut it down the middle and separate the two things because. Like the team has nothing to do with how god awful um, Pete or John John P. Angelos is as and and I you know this might be a, a harsh statement but as a human being like we're now we're talking about just the character of of the man that is John P. Angelos like um, Kevin Brown was doing his job in in its entirety and he gets suspended for like reading something off a screen that would be like if somebody at Fox news or somebody at MSNBC was reading something off a screen as they were told by their boss, by their director and they get suspended. Like, it's just, it, it, you can't make, you can't make the situation up. It, it, it just looks awful on, on Orioles ownership. Like it just, it couldn't look worse almost. Well, as you can see in my background, you know, the storm is brewing over Baltimore. I mean, if fans are angry, I mean, I feel like it's going to have negative connotations uh, on the Orioles uh, going forward because we just saw that last night when Bautista gave up the grand slam. But, you know, I also have to say I'm disgusted with TBS's broadcast last night. It was all Astros. You talked about the Brewers. Brian Anderson, the Orioles and Astros are playing, not the Brewers. I know you're the Brewers play-by-play man, but the Brewers are not playing right now, okay? And every time he – okay, so we had Mount Castle hit a 470-foot home run. He's like, oh, nice. Out of the retro, that's a home run. No, oh, nice. He <laughs> goes as absolutely ecstatic when the Astros scored. And I've had just about enough of this Baltimore bias, how the, this national media continues to disrespect us. And this situation did not help it, period. It did not help it. And and leading up to that, I mean, granted, I and, and you know, us as as being fans of the team, you know, we're going to feel a certain certain way. Um, but this whole like Dusty Baker, like him even saying, well, this is this is one of the biggest series in Baltimore in quite some time. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but he he basically said, you know, the Orioles haven't had a meaningful series in quite some time. And oh, yes, we have. What's that? Oh, we have. We have right. had meaningful series. I mean, the Brave series is very meaningful. The Tampa Bay series is very meaningful. What the hell? 
There, there were meaningful series you can argue last year. The Orioles just didn't like that Toronto. The, okay. the biggest series to me was, was the Toronto series. Um, obviously, the Orioles floundered and, and kind of collapsed last season. But th- that just last season, they had meaningful series. And for, for Dusty Baker to come out like, oh, I, I'm at the White House. I'm some hot shot. Like, it took me 50 years to finally get a World Series as a manager. Like, shut your mouth, man. Like, you need to relax, too. And it's just like, yes, the Orioles have been bad in recent memory. But like the blatant disrespect for this team, and not just saying that because I do like the team, it, it, it's you can't ignore it. Like it's it's yeah. so obviously right in your face. Well, what's angering me as well is that you know John P. Angelos needs to sell this franchise. The Angelos family in general needs to get their grimy hands off this franchise. Okay, Josh Harris took over the Washington Commanders, paid a $6 billion sum because he had a conglomerate of members, okay? For um, for the Angeloses, they said they don't want to sell. Look, you, you're done. Nobody likes you anymore. You're done. Your brother has divested from the franchise. He divested. Louis Angelos divested, making uh, John the sole owner. But the, but the question is, how much money does this man truly have? Okay, Mark Davis owning the Raiders, he has a net worth of $500 million in liquid cash. But the question is, John Piangelis, how much liquid cash, how much net worth does he truly have? Because there are standards for ownership when it comes to net worth and having uh, ownership of a team. Like, for example, for the NHL, I think the net worth uh, minimum is $1 billion. Um, for the NFL, it's $2 billion. MLB, don't know. MLS, I think it's about 500000 and I think the NBA is $1 billion. Okay, these people are not, you know, taken through. They're not sized up. You know, they, they, they don't run the specifications on these guys. They are not looked at okay and my big question is how much money does john p angelos truly have in terms of net worth and and i'd kind of flip it around to you just because you've been uh you're a little bit older than i am would, would you almost say that like the bad yeah the, yes there were bad peter angelos obviously uh t- like teams under peter angelos's primary ownership because obviously he's not really in the picture anymore but couldn't you argue that that John is is displaying the fact that he cares it even less than than Peter did at times because yes. like Peter to my knowledge Peter never made the Orioles the Orioles name now it, it's it looks a little bit bad and and mm-hmm. whether that's an opinion based thing or not like this whole Kevin Brown situation has put such a dark cloud on them like no pun intended to to the background you have but it's like John P. Angelos is running the ship into the ground. Like he's, he's the black, he is the symbolized, he symbolizes the black cloud over this franchise. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they're having a fairy tale season, like this, that, and the third, everything's going right. And then John P. Angelos steps in and of course he makes it a negative. Something yeah. And, come out of it. And a, and a popularity poll just came out and, you know, we're a very well respected franchise. You know, we were number one most respected franchise. That's probably down the toilet. Um, John P. Angelos is apparently worth $2 billion, but how much is that truly in liquid cash? Okay. How much that is that in actual dollar figures? You know, how much does he really have in terms of money to run the team? Because 
Um, I, I hate to say this, but you know what? John P. is not the right owner for the O's. We need to put the team up for sale. Let's put the team up for sale. Give it to some baseball-savvy investors. The baseball-savvy investors, okay, we have a chairman who will oversee the aspects of the business, in the business of the team, not GM, not roster, not manager. Lewis literally told John, you shouldn't have a say in what the roster says, the manager says. You are the one who is supposed to be overseeing the business aspects of that, of the Orioles. Okay, how much money are we taking in revenues, you know, uh, the revenue contracts. The thing that got me the angriest of all was 2018 when opening day did not appear on terrestrial television. That is an important game. People want to watch it. People want to see it. You took it off terrestrial television because you shouldn't, you believe that people should not have anything for free. People should have to pay. Okay. Madison, I don't believe, has a streaming service. I don't think they have a streaming service at all. And, and, you know, one of my friends said, well, they technically do if you own the direct TV streaming service. I'm like, that's no, no, no. It needs a streaming service, a low cost streaming service. So I can pick up my phone and go, oh, look, the others are playing. Great. It's, it's, and, and from what I was reading too, I, you know, you can speak to this. I haven't been to Canyon Yards in, in a little bit of time, you know, a couple, three, four years, I, I would say. I, I did read that the the can and Canyon Yards is a beautiful ballpark. Nothing to take away from that in in that aspect, but the the food concessions uh, prices themselves are way higher than most stadiums, and and I'm not sure if that's accurate or not because I saw I was on Twitter. It was conflicting. There are people saying this is not true, then there are people saying that it is true. It wouldn't. It the my point is it wouldn't surprise me because John Piangelo once again is trying to squeeze the juice out of every single person that's walking through the gates. Like it's just such a, this, and and if this team did go up for sale right now, it would be like the best case scenario because Mm -hmm. they have, they're on the, they're ascending, obviously they're first in the AL East. They have a great farm system. Like they have a beautiful ballpark, but in years past, it was like, you'd buy them at, at the point where you're kind of blowing things up to, to revamp everything right now. If, if somebody bought them right now, you're kind of sitting in the driver's seat of, let's just keep propelling this team on, on the direction that it's going because the success is there. So if they it would is. go up, for sale, like if they would go for sale in the next year, it would be an amazing thing. You know, obviously it has to fit in the right hands, not someone like John P. Angelos, but it, it could be like the best thing that happens timeline wise for this team. So here's another, here's another thing. And, you know, um, so, Reading what I just read, um, Louis Angelos was ownership representative of the team and team attorney. Now, he has officially divested from the franchise. I don't think he has any part, which means 100% control of the team is now in the hands of John P. Angelos. The Angelos family, they were marked as heroes back in the 94-95 season because of the – because well, 94 season because of the strike. Okay, and Angelo said, I'm not putting replacement players on the field because Cal Ripken's going for 21-31. Okay, that was great. But since then, you've drugged the team through the mud. You don't want to spend. 
you don't want to make a competitive team. You, you, we put out teams 2018, 19, 2020 that were terrible. 2021, terrible team. And then Adley Rutschman comes around. And so in 2022, we were off to that bastard again. Then Adley comes around and you know, he gets off to a slow start in 22. I mean, he was seven for 56 to open up his career, but then he just opened up. And some players have been coming here because they like the culture. Okay. It's loose. Everybody's having a good time. Adley says, and you know, I'm, you know, reading from, from what he says that everybody's competitive and having a good time, you know, but this is a very, dark cloud hanging over the Orioles right now. Okay. Everybody is thumbing their nose at us. I personally cannot believe that something this stupid of reading facts will get someone tossed, but he's coming back. Apparently he's coming back Sunday for the Mariners series. Okay. Or Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, one of the two, you know, and I, and I hope, I hope there is a statement from ownership in regards to this. They yeah. owe the fans an apology. There, there's two points I want to make real quick. That one, I think there will be, obviously, because the now it's a it's like a PR move. Like let's let's make ourselves look okay in the public eye, even though that's like once the damage is done most of the time in these situations, you're not gonna refract that and it, it's just that's it is what it is at this point like they've already stepped on the they've already tripped over their own feet like they've already made such a colossal mistake that it doesn't matter what they say oh you know we we unfortunately kevin brown was suspended you know for reasons that you know we we really don't think are justified you know it's going to be some cliche thing mm-hmm. like that but the other thing is and and i was talking to my my, my other co-host um, he's more a Phillies guy, but, but he also has that soft spot for the O's. Um, mm-hmm. he said, he, he said like, you know, when's the last time the Orioles signed a marquee free agent? And I was trying to think like, it's been I mean, like a, a big name free agent that just doesn't happen under, under Angelos's ownership in quite mm-hmm. some time. And mm-hmm. now our player is going to be more apprehensive after seeing something like this, not to say that that completely interferes with them on the field, but they know for, for one players talk to each other. Like even Ali Rutschman coming here, he probably thought, well, I know this owner is a cheap, he's a cheap owner. Like it's not as, it's not a secret. And then now a a free agent player, like a, like an Otani or somebody they're, they're going to know like this team has dysfunction around it. Like I'm not saying the entire team is, but ownership is like to, to separate the two ownership has dysfunction. That's kind of a red flag when there's six teams that want me, and the Orioles are one of them, and there's dysfunction going on there, and I don't see dysfunction like this in other organizations, that's going to be like, well, thanks, but no thanks. And once again, it's John Angelo's getting in the way. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking at the numbers here for the Orioles in terms of their their value, okay? So the sport in general is 754, market 591, stadium 188, and their brand's worth $180 million for a grand total of $1.713 billion. So the price tag for the Orioles is actually going up, okay? For um, four out of the last 10 years, we were operating in the red. 2018, we were minus 26 in the red. 2021, we were minus 23 in the red. We took in just $115 million in revenues in 2021. 
This year, the last two years alone, we have combined for $150 million in operating income. Right now, our win-to-player cost ratio is 186, which I believe is good, okay? But the value of the Orioles has gone up uh, consistently since 2014. We became a billion-dollar franchise in 15. So the price tag right now continues to go up. So it's going to take a bunch of um, bunch of investors to buy this team. Somebody with um, you know baseball knowledge, baseball sense. Um, we also need, and I hate to say this, but the Nationals need to leave Masson. <laughs> the na- no, the Nationals need to leave Masson. I'll tell you why. Ted Leonsis again made a new network. It's all Washington all the time. Guess what? Michael Lerner, have at it. Talk to talk to Ted. But another thing that you know has bo- has bothered me. Okay, you know the Ravens have a home game when um, Bruce Springsteen comes to Camden Yards. Okay, and the Ravens players have voiced their displeasure over that because again. The parking lots are going to be a mess. People are going to be tailgating for both the E Street Band and the Ravens game. I'm not sure when he's uh, supposed to come here. Springsteen in Baltimore. Um, but apparently the Ravens players have been complaining. It's a home game. Oh, he's okay. He's coming September 9th. And the uh, the, the Ravens play, I believe, that's coming the 10th. Okay. Um, I don't know where the, where the complaints were coming from, but, um, but again, you know, there, there's just such a dark cloud hanging over the Orioles right now. It's not even funny. It's not even funny. It's not even funny. This, this is, this is an absolute disgrace. Our dream season is going to have negative connotations. It's going to have negative connotations. And I have a fear that, you know, thanks to this, we may be in trouble, okay? Because I feel like it's going to be a big distraction to the team. Do you, do you personally? Because you know, you being the the lifelong Baltimore fan, do you think there's any possibility this team gets moved? Like any distinct there's possibility? possibility. I hate to say it, there's a possibility. I think with this dra- the dragging out of the lease and John P. Angelos consistently saying like needing exactly what he whatever he wants he's like I need what that there's no he doesn't seem like he's going to compromise on much. Mm-hmm. With, you know me reading into how this is going with the Maryland State or uh, the Maryland Stadium Authority, it's it's growing more and more concerned because it's like why is it not getting like first of all we we kind of know that some of the reasons why it's not getting done. But why mm-hmm. is he not? Why is he not willing to make it? Get, like he has no sense of urgency to get this done. Well, you look at Truist Park, okay, and you know I think it was Governor Westmore that went down there to take a look at it, as well as um, um, I don't know who we took with him, but you know I think I think Angelos did in fact go with him, and Angelos wants something like that. The problem is there's there's no room. There's not enough room. There's yeah, what no are you going to knock? Knock over the baseball museum. Like, what are you gonna? You know what I mean. Well, how? How? I mean, you, you got a lot of historical sites in Baltimore. How are you going to make Atlanta's Battery Park come to Baltimore? I mean, I, I hate to say this, but you're not going to get what you want. Okay. Now, I'm very happy that um, Louis Angelos divested from the team. Okay. 
I'm glad he divested from the team. And, you know, he, I, you know, I lay no blame on him. I put zero blame on him. It was John who was being the, the, the butt. All right. He was being an absolute butt. He said, I'm in charge of the team, Mr. Manfred. This guy, he doesn't have any say. But when Luis Angelos is saying, you're siphoning money from this team, how could you lie to him? That's saying, that's speaking volumes. So again, I have no ill will towards Luis Angelos. I, he just acted in capacity as the representative and team attorney. That's it. He had no uh, ownership stake or anything in the team. I don't blame him. John Angelos, you better put out an apology. You better tell the fans what you did. And you better make things right because I'm going to tell you, the fans are what pay the salaries of the players. Period. I, 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 I really I really don't think uh, John has any – he has no – He's just out of touch with the with fans. Like he's out of touch with like the guy that's spending his hard earned money to go to the ballpark. Like I totally think mm-hmm. he he does either he's out of touch or he doesn't care. It's it's one of the two because the fact that like you know how many times not how many times but in the off season he said we're gonna open up the the pocketbooks we're gonna do this we're gonna do like don't tell people you're gonna do something if you're not going to like if you have no plan on doing so. Or and then it's going to be the excuse. Oh well, we didn't think the free agent class was deservingly so. Like he just constantly contradicts himself. He constantly just gets in his own. Gets in the team's. He gets in the team's way more than than any. Like there could be a bad player on this team, and they would get in the way of team performance less than him because he's such uh, just a cancer in my. And like I know we we probably sound extremely harsh, but. It's the reality. It's 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 the reality of the situation. Like he is just awful. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you, he has he he needs to just sell the team and just get it over with because I'm so sick and tired of this. This is just an absolute joke that is happening right now with Baltimore having a dream season. They were the first to seventy wins. And it seems like every time we have something big happening, something else has to happen. So um, with that being said, um, let's move on to uh, another topic here. Uh, You know, the Little League World Series is happening right now. Um, And uh, I got to tell you, it's one of the hardest tournaments to get into. One of the hardest. Because you have to start district – you got to go to All-Star, then you have to go somewhere else, and then another one. Okay, there are so many tiers to get in. But what's angering me and making the Calvary World Series look so much better is the fact that I'm seeing a team, there was a team from West Virginia that had just won their first game in 27 tries. West Virginia has not been to the Little League World Series since 1955, 68 years, 68 years. And Maryland hasn't been there since 2008. I remember that. I remember that one so well because I was pulling for those kids. I was pulling for those kids. Uh, Mike Pasta, 
That kid could swing a bat. Okay. Um, what a name, <laughs> Yeah, Mike Pa. He he was called the pasta man. I think that was right. Or the impasta. Um, he's 27 now. I'm hoping he's doing well. But Little League needs to make some changes here. Do you think an NCAA tournament style um tournament would be very fair? You know, you have all 50 states and then you have 14 international leagues. 64 teams make it a true World Series championship. Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, then then you have everybody represented. Like you'd have you'd have Wyoming represented. Like just for I mean, who knows? Like maybe they put a good team together one year. Like it, it would just be like I don't understand. I mean, these committees get together and they they make the decisions um in in their best judgment, I want to say, and financial obviously the financials are one of the biggest things mm-hmm. to go into these type of things. But like, why not have it just as simple as that? Like, four international teams, maybe not even do the Alaska and Hawaii, like, for travel reasons. Maybe. I don't know. But, right. like, have have your, you know, the, basically North America represented with the United States, every team in, 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 in the, in the, you know, excluding those. And, and just make that work. Like, I think that would work. And if it was like a – can you imagine if it was like a bracket type situation where they're like – you know, did you fill out your Little League World Series bracket? Like that yeah. would be that would be awesome. Like that would that would be really sell, cool. That would yeah, sell would... hotcakes. That would. I, there's no way that doesn't make more money than it's making now. Okay, so I am. Okay, so actually, it's been 72 years. Remember this? 72 years since West Virginia's been there. It has been seven 67 years since New Mexico has been there. And guess what? They're three and zero. They're the only perfect team in the uh, Little League World Series. Only perfect team went three and zero, won the title. Mississippi, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Alabama have not been there since the seventies, eighties, and nineties. And they have some strong little leagues in there. Okay, and uh, Alabama won their championship in nineteen fifty three. Okay. Um, Maryland, 2008, they're 7-14 and 14 all-time in the uh, Little League World Series. But I look at some of these – okay, let me see. Who's got the best – California has the best record at 110-63 and 63 because they're divided. Okay, they're actually a divided state. Texas, same thing, divided Texas East, Texas West. Um, Pennsylvania, I, I believe, since it's, it's, it's their tournament, I always believe that they should have a spot in the Little League World Series. But I'm looking at these 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 records, and I'm like, you know, when are some of these other states going to get involved? I mean, Utah, Utah, first time ever last year that they made the Little League World Series. This is why I'm enjoying the Capricorn World Series so much more because there's a lot more teams involved, and I just say to myself, it's it's more of a watchable event. Yeah, why? Why not? Like, I my my question is why not? Why not make it a a tournament style? Why not make it everybody has? Because I mean, yes, it's the Little League World Series and it should be taken seriously. But at the same time, there should be some fun involved here. Like, there should be a a big tournament for every state to be represented, or or at least more, or at least open it up certain years. All right, we're gonna do. Like all the southern teams this year, all the I don't get the the structure of it right now. It just doesn't. It could be run better. I mean, there's there's a staff for you right there. Look at that. 
43 states have qualified and participated in at least world one World Series. Seven have not. Yeah, right. Ever. Seven mm-hmm. haven't. Okay. Mm-hmm. Seven, seven have not competed. Okay. Uh, Florida's been the most at 23. Um, they have uh, – California has the most titles of seven. Hawaii has four titles. Um, Louisiana has one. Um, Alabama and New Mexico, they, they, uh, New Mexico, as I said, competed last time in the 50s, one title, three and oh. Um, Delaware hasn't been there since 2023. I just feel as though a lot of teams on here could, in fact, um, should uh, all 50 states should be welcomed into the tournament, not just a select few, right? You know, it's right. hard to get in there, but again. Yeah, like like, um, you you said New Mexico last last appearance. What they're in it this year, but um, last appearance was 1958, or I'm sorry, 1956, 1956, 56, yeah, 1956, and uh, Arkansas last appearance 1979. Like you're talking, I mean, decades decades upon decades at this point, and then like there, there's teams, and I get it, like you have to qualify this and that, but like. <laughs> Some of these, some of these states haven't been in it in so long that they, they probably not gonna say they don't try, but they're probably like, well, you know, it, it, it gets increasingly difficult because, you know, you're in and you're out, you're not making it, you're not making, it. like that's just a slap in the face. And I'm not saying just shoo everybody in just for for the sake of of letting everybody in, but it gets to a point where it's, I don't know, that's just that's not, it's it, it could be run so much better. Yeah, it it can be, and uh, you know, seven states plus the, plus DC, uh, DC got trounced yesterday, sixteen to three. Um, Maryland and, and West Virginia apparently have raised some stinks about some of these players because they don't look like they're twelve or eleven years old. So, <laughs> but 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 the funny thing is that I'm looking at a lot of how short some of these players are. I mean, we're talking like four footers, four six, four seven, four eight. Weighing less than 85, 90 pounds. I'm like, and they're still pounding the crap out of the ball. So, um, yeah, it says it's seven states, but they haven't revealed the seven states. I know Alaska's got is definitely one of them. Um, yeah, uh, states have not made it. Alaska, Colorado, Kansas, North Dakota. Vermont, Wisconsin, Wyoming, and D.C. Hmm. Kansas and Colorado, they're they're pretty uh pretty pretty you know big baseball states to be honest with you. But I see again, here. They, they, the state in which in the state in which you're in right now, uh, New Jersey has four, Pennsylvania has four, New York has three. Um. I was looking for I was looking for Maryland here. Where where are we at here? Maryland has not won. Maryland has not won at all. They're, they're due, I mean, yeah. We're a small state, and Rhode Island's even been there. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, it also dates back to you know also Taiwan, Chinese Taipei. Taiwan used the Little League World Series as propaganda back in the day. So, but um, with that being said, um. It's it's just unreal what's been going on. So, 
Um, we pretty much covered everything we wanted to talk about. Uh, week one of preseasons on the way for the NFL. You know, games don't count. It's just kind of a dress rehearsal. Um, or, uh, the Ravens have won 23 straight preseason games, which uh, that's an impressive mark. It really is. Um, but, you know, we have week one of the preseason coming up here soon. A lot of great games on the docket. Um, hopefully, I'm hoping that the, the win that you want is this. You want to come out of preseason with no injuries. No injuries. Okay. That's the biggest win you take out of preseason. Okay. Is that true? hundred percent. I, I, I don't quite get in and, and, and by no means is it a, a slander on the Ravens cause they've had, you know, they're a consistent franchise, yeah. but I just don't, I don't get why they're so like lights. Like it just doesn't, it, it's just funny to me that they're like completely lights out in the preseason. Like it's, it's, it's like unheard of. Uh, just, I, I don't remember any team going on any type of preseason, like winning streak because like people don't really care whatsoever. It's just, you know, our second string versus your second string or our third string or, or this guy trying to make the team or trying to show <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's just like throwing stuff at the wall and seeing if it sticks. But like the fact that they've won 20, it's just, it's such a funny stat to me. Like it's, it's so out there. Yeah. And again, the Ravens have a new offense, the Eagles, you know, they're looking good. The main thing you want is no injuries, period, end of sentence. So with that being said, it's time for our business of the day. And I'm going to tell you, do you like hot sauce? I sometimes do. Okay. Um, do you like game meat? Game yes. meat. Yeah, okay. I do. You know, there's this wonderful place in Ocean City, New Jersey called Goodies Gone Wild. And they got meat like you wouldn't believe. They got some – they got – Reindeer meat, they got elk meat, they got bison, they got black bitter burgers. Mmm, sounds good to me. But they also have a great, great, wonderful set of hot sauces that you can buy. I love Blair's hot sauce. It's really, really good. I just wish they made the Golden Death uh, sauce because that was just the perfect sauce to put on anything. You also have great low spices as well. And it's a great place to just go in there, grab your spices. Oh, and also this, they have candy there that called Eat Your Drink. They're little jelly beans, little cocktail jelly beans. I'm wondering <laughs> how they can sell them in Ocean City, New Jersey, knowing that they're a dry city. Ah, and they also have some great sauces and jams. It's delicious. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful place to go. Hit it up in Ocean City, New Jersey. They're on 9th and Asbury and also on the boardwalk. So with that, it's time to go. I'm Joshua. I'm Aaron. And we will see you soon.